Welcome to Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football. My name is Wes, and I'd like to invite you to join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news from around the league, make predictions for the upcoming games, and much, much more. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Pigskins and Pageantry, where our analysis may or may not be between the uprights. Yes, field goals, or perhaps more appropriately, missed field goals, playing a major role in the games yesterday. Uh, joining me, as always, is our representative from the Alabama fandom, who is somewhat sensitive to the subject of kickers, although they've had some luck of late. But anyway, welcome, Jesse. How are you? I see you you have a guest there. I do. All of a sudden, it was like the music started, and she was like, oh, <laughs> and for those that are just listening, my cat just decided to jump in, make an appearance. But I'm always going to be triggered by Alabama kickers, despite how lovely Will has been to us and how consistent he has been. But it's still a touchy subject because of how it was when I was a student there. Right. But I would just like to start off by saying, not that he listens to this or probably knows what a podcast is, but Mr. Bill who I met prior to the Bama game at a um, restaurant bar while I was eating pizza and having a beer uh, who was decked out in Alabama gear and started at Alabama in 1964. I hope you enjoyed the game. I hope it was everything you wanted and that you got home safely uh, and called an Uber. And I, I just wish you the best. Well, that's that's fantastic. Yes, we wish him the best. So, um, um, so um, as you can see, Matt is uh, not here. He's uh, got tons of going on and not able to join us. But trust me when I say that Tennessee Vol fans are very excited at this point in the season. So, still a lot to be left, uh, a lot to be played, a lot left to be played. But you know, beating Florida. Always uh, feels good if you're a Vol fan. So, you know, they've got got that going for them at this point in the season. So, um, you know, without further ado, let's uh, get into those games. Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. All right. Well, uh, first off, let's get started with Kent State at Georgia. Um, Georgia winning this one 32 to 16. I got the point in this one. Um Kind of surprised to have to talk about this one. It's one of those sleepy noon kickoffs. Uh, I think that affected Georgia maybe a little bit. Uh, we had three three turnovers. The defense gave up a ton of yards uh, after the catch, a ton of yards after contact. Um, I know there's a possibility of you know swapping in people who are not starters and things like that, and, and I get that. But it was still a little disappointing to see uh, the amount of yards given up. I know if you're looking at the – stat sheet the the yardage there is not really it's kind of lopsided lopsided in the favor of georgia 529 to 281 but still um some of the tackling issues that i saw there uh, got got uh everybody with some cause for concern right now um also i know kent state pulling out stops in terms of play calling that you know they did fake a fake punt they had some uh some really different play calls that uh, georgia doesn't typically see and i know that that uh, may be part of it um, just one of those offenses that you don't see uh, that often, or at least in terms of play calling, maybe not in overall style, but sometimes in play calling. Uh, but 
it does worry me a little bit that perhaps they gave offenses a blueprint for success against Georgia's defense, perhaps, maybe at least partially. Um, still, it's nice to be able to learn lessons and still win. Um, hopefully, they're working on things this week uh, in practice as we get into in-conference schedule. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's really all I have on it. I am disappointed that it wasn't as big of a blowout. I know that sounds a little bit nitpicky. Um, but at the same time, there is a little bit of concern. I don't know, Jesse, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think the score is indicative of this game. If you're someone that didn't watch it or listen to it and you just look at the score, you probably will easily bypass it. But I don't think the score indicates how this game was. The Bulldogs played like a team that played or paid way too much attention to all the accolades and the hype of the first three games and didn't take this one seriously. And it showed, uh, it's like you said, they, they struggled to put away Kent state, which should have been a a sleepy, easy one. And they didn't really look like the nation's number one team. They turned it over three times. They struggled in the red zone. They were burned on a fake punt, gave up several big plays to Kent state. And it was their worst performance of the season, especially coming off of a game, you know, like South Carolina. So I think it's fine. Brock Bowers still did very well. And everything I read as far as looking for uh, the stats and all, all people are talking about is Brock Bowers. Uh, Justin Bennett threw his first interception of the season. So a lot that they need to clean up. Kirby Smart said that he is not at all displeased with his team's performance. You know, he pointed out that the Bulldogs never had to punt. Uh, They blocked a punt for a safety and finished with 529 to 281 edge in the total yardage. But still, I think there's a lot there to clean up. And, you know, it it doesn't really matter how many starters are out. You need to have the depth chart, especially considering how well UGA recruits. And like we've been talking about, it's something everyone's going to struggle with. But still, uh, it's like you mentioned, I think there's some things there that other teams watching film will pick up on and maybe try to use to their advantage uh, as they go into playing the Bulldogs. Yeah. And um, I really want to say more about this one, but we have more in the speed round that will come in a uh, later mini-sode. So, um, and that'll, uh, just to get more granular with it and not spend too much time on it right this second. But uh, anyway, let's move on to Mizzou at Auburn. <laughs> The uh, dumpster fire game of the Bad week. Bad news bears game of the week. <clears throat> dumpster the, fire. Yeah. Woof. The, uh, so anyway, uh, Auburn did win this one 17 to 14. Jesse getting the point in this one. But first, let's have a little history lesson here. So um, they're talking about uh, Brian Harson and Eli Drinkwitz and just their relationship and stuff like that. So in 2012, Brian Harson was taken over as head coach for Gus Malzahn at Arkansas State. You recall Malzahn, of course, was taking the job at Auburn. Drinkwitz was part of the current staff there at Arkansas State, and Harson kept him on as the running backs coach. Um, there's a, a little bit to that story, too, where I think basically he met with the existing staff there, and Drinkwitz is like, I really want to be here. And so Harson respected that, and I guess, you know, just that desire to be there was enough uh, to keep him around. So want to circle the wagons yeah yeah trust me coach i know everything there is to know about toughness tuesday um anyway so uh yeah so he kept him around running backs coach uh then when boise state hired harson as head coach in 2014 he brought him along as well first as the tight ends coach and then as oc in 2015 
uh, four years later, Drinkwitz landed a head coaching gig at App State, and then one late one year later, he went to Mizzou. So that's kind of a little bit of the history of there. But he does feel indebted at, to Brian Harson. Um, so I don't know if that had anything to do with this game or not, <laughs> but um, uh, Zach Calzada, um, just to cover a few more bases uh, on this game, Zach Calzada will undergo uh, season-ending surgery on his non-throwing shoulder and apply for medical red shirt. So we've noticed him um, absent in the consideration for QB, assuming that this is the reason. Um, I guess he's been fighting an injury, but uh, TJ Finley also hurt uh, during the Penn State game. So we saw Robbie Ashford and Holden Gariner. I believe I am pronouncing that correctly because I believe I heard the announcers say that during the game uh, in this game for Auburn. So uh, as we mentioned, special teams miscues for both teams, including Mizzou's chip shot to win at the end of regulation uh, that Harrison uh, is it? It's Mevis, right? I think so I'm pretty sure that's right. Harrison Mevis. That sounds right. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Cause I remember, I mean, I, I obviously listened to it uh, when it happened, but I'm just, yeah, pretty sure that's it. Pushed just barely to the right. Uh, and then in the first OT, Mizzou held Auburn to a field goal. Then on Mizzou's possession, uh, Nathaniel Pete broke a great run to the outside. And I'm thinking game over. Mizzou is going to shut this thing down. And they did. So fast, my friends. <laughs> they did shut it down, just not in the way that we thought or that I thought. Uh, he tried to stretch the ball over the goal line, lost it, fumbled into the end zone where Auburn recovered as a touchback. You can't do anything like that in Jordan Hare. You can't <laughs> do it. Right? It's like, <laughs> so So we're finding out it does. It transcends coaches. Um, it does. It, yeah, it goes it didn't beyond. State, but... Yeah. they must have done something because they had weirdness under Chiswick. They had weirdness under uh, Gus Malzahn. And now they've had some, some strangeness under, under Harson as well. Uh, speaking of Harson, let's hear what he had to say about this game. Coach, what a weird game. What was that like for you emotionally? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, I thought both sides, they fought today. Um, I'm proud of our football team to find a way to win. Uh, Coach Drinkwitz, his staff, his football team, they played extremely hard. We knew they would. Uh, when it came down to overtime, that's football. you got to make one more play than the other team. We were just able to do that today. What was your reaction when Mevis from Missouri missed a 26-yarder in the end of regulation? Well, I mean, we're trying to go out there and block it, right? They, you know, it comes down to, you know, your last opportunity. And right there, I mean, they, did, they had a nice drive. They put themselves in a position. And, you know, we were able to do just enough maybe to influence that kick there. But we were thinking overtime. And, you know, not giving up. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You don't give up. You, you play every play. And that was the message this week. You play every single play, and that's exactly what we did. And the result went in our favor today. When you stand up in front of your team in the locker room after this one, what do you emphasize? How proud I am of them for playing every play, for fighting. You know, we talked about coming here and having to fight. And that's a good football team. And they're well coached. And everything that they were going to do, we knew we had to go out there and fight to win this football game. And it came down to three points. A last-second decision right there. I mean, you know what? That's football some days, and I'm really proud of our guys for not giving up and just fighting. And that is the number one thing. That is really what we're here to do. We're here to teach people how to fight and play good football, but that was the result of that you know, happening today. 1-0 in the SEC. Congratulations, one and Coach. 1-0. War Eagle, thank you. Jesse, I'm not sure if you're aware, but you have to play every play. Obviously. <laughs> what is that? Oh, man. It's not even prophetic. <laughs> 
what what were your thoughts, your reactions to this uh, insane finish? It's just we, this game. It's this. You shouldn't should go to overtime. That chip shot field goal, man. Uh, uh, we just, you know, we just, we were able to pull it out, find a way to win. No, Mizzou found your way to win. They found it. <laughs> when he said we found a way to affect the kick somehow. That what? might be true, but I'm pretty sure he just missed it. <laughs> he just it and then he later said, um, after all of the, you have to play every play and you got to fight, we teach everybody to fight, fight, fight. Blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> he said, I think everybody in that locker room is exhausted in a good way. I told our players, I'm proud of them. They did what they needed to do to win the football game. I'm sure you're proud because you have a job for another week because you lose to Mizzou, who I don't know why you said was a well-coached football team because it's <laughs> not. Uh, you get to be employed another week. You lose to Mizzou, you're not employed another week. You're not. I don't think you are. And the fact that you had to take them to two OTs, I still think you're in a very, very, very toasty seat. Eli Drinkwitz is in a flaming hot seat. Uh, Carlson's field goal was the only scoring after halftime. Auburn scored both of its touchdowns in the first quarter and Missouri tied it up with its one, uh, with its own two touchdowns in the second quarter. That's, that's it. One field goal. That's it. Yeah. The teams combined for 12 consecutive punts in the second half before Auburn uh, had Tank Bigsby being stopped on fourth and one from the Mizzou 30-yard line with 137 left. Um, and Auburn was three for three on uh, fourth and short before that late stop. 12 consecutive punts. How boring is that? Uh, it's just, uh, the pressure's on for Drinkwitz. It was already there. It's hella there now. Uh, he is 13 for 14 in his tenure uh, with the Tigers. Mizzou's offense was a struggle bus. They were going three and out on five of their seven possessions. Auburn, again, another wild finish in true Auburn fashion. That helps Harson with his job security, but I really think that seat warmer is just getting turned up uh, because you lose to Penn State. You take Mizzou to, to OT. It's not looking good. And Auburn finished with only 217 yards of total offense. And they averaged just 3.3 yards per snap. That's not good. Yeah, I was thinking going into this game that this was kind of a, a measuring stick for both of these teams. And the measuring stick showed that they are basically comparable. They are <laughs> which which uh, Auburn fans will not be pleased to find that their team is equal to Mizzou. No offense to Mizzou, you know, no, not throwing any shade, but it, it is what it is. And that's not really at this point in history, not the program you want to be even with. No, so the patience, like we said, the patience at Auburn is much thinner than it is at Mizzou and they will not have this at all. I'm just saying that Gus bus, I think they're sad they missed it. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, probably. Uh, he's having fun though down there at UCF. He's, he's living, <laughs> and why shouldn't he? Be? He's in Florida. He's he's got a great climate to be in. Oh man, it's great. So, um, all right, let's talk about the uh, SEC on CBS game of the week. Number twenty, Florida at number eleven, Tennessee. 
Uh, Did you realize this was as big of a like rivalry? Because I didn't. Um, I'm gonna have to admit, yeah. I didn't realize it was that big of a deal. Like obviously, it's in conference play, so it's always a big deal. Same division. Yeah. Yeah, but all the like all of the game day stuff and like all of the throwback videos and how intense it was and all of this hatred. I'm like, yeah, I've never once thought about Tennessee and Florida playing each other. Not once. Yeah, no. I, yeah. I I've, I've seen it. Um, and I, you know, maybe just because I've, so I've known Matt for a good while and I remember we were watching, we had a group over at his house one time watching Tennessee, Florida, and it was a big deal then. And this has probably been 15 years ago now. And I just remember it was fourth quarter. I don't even remember who won, but it came down to a field goal. And I just remember Matt in the middle of the living room on his knees, praying to the football gods for them to make the field goal. (laughs) And it was just, oh man, it was, it was intense. So um, yeah, good times. So uh, this one, it, it kind of, it was weird. It was like, it was a back and forth. Uh, It was, it was, no defense. You want to look at the the yards there. You have uh, almost 600 yards for both teams of total yards. Um, both teams did turn the ball over twice, um, but yeah, not a, not a ton of defense uh, overall. Uh, I, it was weird though. So Tennessee was kind of uh, cruising at the end, uh, but Florida just wouldn't go away. Uh, there's uh, portions in the game where both quarterbacks uh, seem to be banged up. Uh, I know uh, Hendon Hooker looked uh, – I didn't know if he was going to be able to even throw the ball there for a little while. He landed on his throwing shoulder. Uh, I know that was a big concern going into half, but uh, Heupel uh, told the uh, 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 interviewer, he said uh, he's fine. So I don't know if that was just trying to, you know, assuage people's fears and just kind of brush <laughs> it under the rug and we're, we'll give him a shot of the good stuff during halftime or <laughs> whatever. Um but uh, but yeah, and then Richardson got banged up too. But he he seemed to kind of bounce back as well. So I mean, a really crazy game. I, I don't know why the touchdown before last, why Napier went for two, because because and even the announcers, even Gary Danielson <laughs> was like, what? Uh, because it forced them to um, to go for a, a, a touchdown at the end. I mean, instead of a field goal, they had that perfectly executed onside kick um, and they could have gotten themselves in a position for, you know, a field goal. Uh, but instead, because of that, they were forced to go for the touchdown. And, you know, who's to say? I mean, it is a, a, a wild Saturday. Who knows what would have happened? But as an odd decision. Uh, I, I just thought so. Um, but I mean, credit to Tennessee. I mean, they, they got it done. Um, they, uh, they, they played hard through, uh, 60 minutes as Heupel said before. Um, let's, uh, let's hear his quick thoughts on, on this game. All right, coach, one of the greatest rivalries in college football. What does this one mean? to How, much fun, how much fun is this, man? God, I love it. Uh, kids competed. Uh, Man, battled all night long. Fans were awesome. Environment's better than anything I've ever experienced. What a win. At one point, we didn't even know if Hendon Hooker was healthy enough to come in. What can you say about your quarterback's performance tonight? He was electric all night long. Unbelievable job throwing the football. Used his feet opportunistically, man, and just competed, man. And everybody fed off his, uh, his energy on the offense side of the ball. Hell of an effort by him tonight. This is an environment right now but up next you got LSU you got Bama what do you want the college football 
whole world to know about this program. It's just the beginning of this journey with these guys, but I absolutely love our football team, man. They compete really hard. They practice great. They love one another. This is college football as good as it gets, man. Rocky Top's back. Let's go. Go celebrate. Stop right. saying man. It drives me insane. <laughs> you know, when, when I was grabbing this clip earlier, um, that's exactly what I thought. I thought about you pointing that out in the, the last time I did that, or I got yeah, a, a sound it. clip. Yeah. Now, what are you, what were your thoughts on this game? I mean, I have to admit it, and it's because I'm a Bama fan. I don't care if Tennessee's mad at me because I don't care. Uh, I wanted Florida to win. <laughs> I picked Tennessee to win in right. the pick because I, I knew that would happen, but I wanted Florida to win. Because I needed Tennessee to be taken down a few pegs. I think they're overhyped right now. I think they need to chill. <laughs> and it was only their second win over Florida in the last 18 meetings. And it snapped a six-game losing streak in the series. So if you are a Vol fan, it is a big deal. It's very exciting. Um, let's not have you snapping any more streaks this season. Oh, but, yeah. you know, it was their – this is – their first four and start since 2016, which is, you know, it was a while ago. Uh, obviously yeah. hooker threw for 349 yards, two touchdowns and ran for 112 yards and a score on the opposite side of the ball. Richardson had a career high of 453 passing yards and two touchdowns That's and ran for 62 and two scores uh, in a very tough, Neyland stadium uh, atmosphere for him to play in. And what I think we talked about before with Richardson and what I think I'm, I'm starting to get impressed with is how not relaxed necessarily, but just how level-headed he seems. He said after the game, it feels good just to have fun out there and play football. It's fun. It's a blessing. What a wonderful reaction by a very young man in a tense, apparently rivalry situation after an intense game and almost lost last week, I think what a great attitude to have. He had a great night. Obviously he threw his first touchdown pass of the season. So for me, Florida, they're going to have to do a little bit better. The remainder of the season, uh, especially in the sec games, they need to add some dimension to their offense because once the opposing team's defense starts to focus on containing Richardson in the pocket, it's like everything seems to go amiss. The variables of the offense are very limited. So they're going to have to work on getting some more weapons in that system and figure out what they can do when there's pressure uh, on the pocket. He was able to avoid that pressure um, and he was only sacked uh, twice, but still it's, it's something that as a defense, I would be looking at as far as Tennessee goes, it was hard to have Tillman out uh, and, and getting him back in, I think will be imperative if they're going to continue to play with the elite SEC as they get into the thick of the schedule. Uh, he's a very big weapon that I think they're going to want healthy for LSU, Bama, and Kentucky uh, to help their game plan. But overall, if you're a Vol fan, you're very happy. It was a good performance. It was close for a team that was 11 and a team that was, what, 20? Uh, that was really close. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd want to tighten some things up a bit, especially my defense. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, so, so I think you summed it up perfectly talking about Richardson playing relaxed. Um, the uh, announcers were even saying, I feel like he plays more. He is playing more relaxed right now on the road than he did yes. at home. Maybe being mm -hmm. a Florida guy, just being at home, there's all this pressure 
to, you know, perform at a high level, whereas you're on the road, it's a hostile environment, you know, you just really just go out and play ball. You just, you know, throw caution to the wind and just do what yep. you do. And, yeah, uh, he, does, he does show that like almost coolness. I was talking about it. Uh, my mom and I were watching it. We were at a, a sports bar watching this one and it, it it's not to the level of a Bryce Young calmness. But he does have that air of relaxation, mm-hmm. level-headedness about him. And, you know, talking afterwards, he doesn't seem flustered, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing to have. Um, and hopefully that coolness with coaching and development will continue to get better uh, maybe the next season for, yeah. for him. My other note here was Florida's defense is terrible. Oh, they're bad. <laughs> I mentioned, bad. We mentioned that the defenses were struggling, but um, specifically in my mind, there are two different instances where Tennessee guys, wide receivers were just wide open, yeah, 15, 20 yards, nobody within that, um, that distance. Yeah. They're, uh, they're secondaries kind of. Yeah. So that's deep. something, something to work on for sure. So yeah. All right, let's move to Tulsa at Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss winning right. this one. The fact uh, that we have to talk about this. 35 to 27. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I was I had this one on. Um, so I had a bunch of them on. And I had this one on my tablet. And I was like, well, it's uh, 35 to what, 17 and a half? Uh, this one's, yeah, out of control. They're going to pour it on in the second half, blah, blah, blah. And then I turned around and Ole Miss hasn't scored any (laughs) and, uh, and, and Tulsa is coming back in fairness. I think Tulsa is like what the number one passing offense in the nation, I believe, statistically, I believe. And and granted, I know those comparisons are somewhat skewed uh, depending on conferences and who your competition is, but still Mm -hmm. um, consistency seems to be lacking for Ole Miss this year. And that just showed through in this game as well. It's like, okay, we dominated the first half. And then we came out in the second half and forgot to show up. Apparently, what Brian Harson said is true. You do have to play every down. And <laughs> apparently, these guys did not in the second half for a lot of it anyway. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, consistency issues is like the top note I have. And it was something that uh, Jackson Dart mentioned in his interviews. It's something that Lane Kiffin mentioned in his interviews. Uh, Jackson Dart said, we harp on consistency. And we really executed at a high level in the second quarter said uh Jackson Dart uh he's a transfer obviously but consecutive you know he he was efficient he was directing consecutive touchdowns uh with drives of 75 64 93 and 46 yards but um I think he meant to say they weren't or that was the second quarter but the second half it was a struggle they had consistency mm-hmm. issues um Kiffin said the bottom line is we are four and oh and that's the best you can be. It's a lot better than being two and two, which is what a lot of people around the country are right now. So he's still going to be sassy, but I, I think it's really important that the quarterback understands that there are consistency issues. And he finished 13 of 24 passing with 154 yards, adding 116 yards rushing on 13 carries. Uh, overall, Ole Miss had 462 yards of total offense, including 308 on 51 carries. Uh, which highlighted by a 140 yards rushing and 27 carries by Judkins. So a lot of yards for him. But again, this game, we shouldn't have had to talk about. You just keep pressing the gas pedal in the second half. Um, And the second thing that Dart said was we're a talented team, but we've got to make the next step in consistency because in the second half, we shot ourselves in the foot. And that's the truth. So you have to play every play. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. 
And uh, from one game that we shouldn't have to discuss to another, uh, Northern Illinois at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky winning this one 31 to 23. Uh, I got the point in this one. Uh, it's weird to think that um, this game had the same feel that Vandy Northern Illinois game had the week prior, but it was really the same kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're watching things and you're like, oh, you know, surely Kentucky's going to pour it on now. They're going to pull away. Uh, but again, we're like nervously texting the group text about the team's struggles, including being tied at halftime. Um, you know, ultimately Kentucky able to pull away and then hold off the Huskies at the end. But um, a little bit too close for comfort, I think, if I'm Mark Stoops. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, Mark Stoops said overall, just a sluggish game. Good to get it behind us. We know it's a good football team. That's tough, isn't it? Uh, they're going to play hard and compete for their conference championship. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. And I thought we did some good things. But that's just coach speak for I have to say nice things about this team because my team didn't do what they were supposed to do. And we should have. Will Levis tied a career best with four touchdown passes, including some really critical scores of 70 and 40 yards to uh, Barry and Brown and Robinson after halftime, you know, the Wildcats held off uh, Northern Illinois 31 23. But I think the biggest issue for me is. Yes, Will Levis was big in those really important moments, but he had to overcome five sacks to complete 18 of 26 passes for 303 yards, his third 300-yard effort this season. And a lot of those plays were big chunk plays to get those yards. But the fact that there were five sacks, that's there was so much pressure on him, and there shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. His O-line's got to step it up. He made big plays when there was pressure, which is great. But at the same time, you've got to help your quarterback out. Pass protection remains a big concern. Um, after, again, allowing five sacks, uh, those were those were important, important places in the game. Um, and they have some things to correct, especially for visiting Mississippi next week. So yeah. I think the good news is their leading rusher, uh, Chris Rodriguez Jr. returns next week from a four-game suspension, which should help the ground game and provide some balance. Right. But again, you've got to have pass protection, especially for a quarterback like Will Levis. It's hard to overcome those sacks, um, and it's going to be really hard to do when you get into the thick of SEC competition. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, lot to be done there. Um, I do. Yeah, Chris Rodriguez coming back is going to be huge for them. I think. Um, so time will tell. So. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, Arkansas. Man, this this game, uh, Arkansas, Texas A and M, A and M, A and M winning this one, twenty three to twenty one. Nobody got the point because, well, we didn't. No, it's like the penguin beating Batman. No, <laughs> this one just. Uh, I was texting you guys. This one gutted me, man. I was. I'm sorry, I'm getting all hypo on everybody. It's gutted me, man. So I, uh, I can only imagine how Arkansas fans must feel. I mean, if I feel this way, and I'm not they even a fan. No reports of noses. No, yeah, That's no, far, none of that. We are safe. Well, it's because we so put far. out that PSA. Everybody was watching. They were, they were on the lookout. Um, Arkansas got off to a fast start in this one, uh, leading 14-0. And honestly, when it was at that point in the game, I was like, oh well, I guess this is the look that this game is going to follow. <laughs> And just we're going to see more of the same. But then AM came back, aided in part by, you know, love KJ Jefferson. Uh, and I, everyone's entitled to a bonehead play every now and then. But man, just 
trying to reach the you're, you're jumping from the what four yard line i don't know if he thought he was gonna like you know superman glide over everyone or what but um he uh he he didn't make it over the line obviously the ball got popped out AM grabbed the ball started running back and we thought surely he was going to be tackled but before he uh is tackled the AM defensive guy hands it off to his buddy who's right next to him and obviously no one was expecting that because he took <laughs> off and no one was there um so they got they, winded it was like you say yeah so they uh, returned that for a touchdown. Um, so, but a um, and then took the lead, uh, but Arkansas had a chance at the end uh, to kick a field goal to win it. But Cam Little's kick from 42 yards away hit the top of the upright, which I, I, I've never seen that. Like, I understand uh, from a physics standpoint how that is possible, but man, he, I don't think he could do that again if he tried. Like, he could, he could kick that kick. I think I've seen it in the NFL um, yeah. like double doink, uh, for the bears. Yeah. That one was gutting. It was bad. He could kick that kick probably like a hundred thousand times and it might do that maybe one or two other times. Like yeah. that's just insane. Um, so yeah, it, it I doinked feel so bad for him off the top and rained tears of sorrow into the end zone. <laughs> so, um, let's, uh, let's listen to, I know you're thrilled, Jesse. Let's listen to what Jimbo had to say. What did you think of your team's ability to outlast? We are gutsy. We play hard. We just can't have the self-inflicted wounds. We had a chance to put things away. We got to learn to keep some poise and execution. But listen, the fight, the heart, the guts of these guys, to be able to come out here and do that, and the drive in the second half, the defense made this, the changing play. And offensively, we got to scroll it and get there. You could have finished it at the end. But we're getting better. We just got to get better quicker. You said that you were happy to have two ranked opponents on the schedule after the App State loss. Why? Because I want to find out who we are. I think it gives a chance to really stand up and find your guts. And we've got another one next week in Mississippi State who's a great team. That's a hard place to play. I mean, so we needed those challenges to find out who we are. And that's the best way to do it. Thanks for the time. Congratulations. So a couple other, um, another area of concern, uh, Anaya Smith suffered a leg injury in this one. He got rolled up on and later was walking in a walking boot. Um, so that doesn't look good. Um, I haven't heard any more. They may have announced, but I haven't seen it as of right right now. Um, but then, um, so on a, on a positive, uh, Devon A. Chain's uh, 159 yards on the ground are a career high for him. So uh, kudos to him. So, Jesse, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this one made me sad. I love yeah. Very much. It was also, I didn't get to watch all of it. It was on during the Bama game. I would right. flip back and forth, but I, I didn't get to see every little bit of it. So I uh, had to had to catch it when I could. And yes, I am the person that still watches that Bama win. So leave me alone. <laughs> but uh, Johnson, yeah, Johnson was 11 for 21 passing, 151 yards uh, for just his second A&M start. KJ Jefferson completed 12, 19 passes for 171 yards and ran 18 times for 105 yards. Uh, Jefferson had a six yard scoring run with 10 minutes left in the game. So again, a lot of grit, but that was such a bonehead play. That is 12 feet, 12 feet. <laughs> it's a very long way. I know it's when you say like four yards, you're like, Oh, it's a little, it's yeah. very long. It's a long ways. Uh, yeah. Texas, you know, when the Aggies recovered from a slow start offensively, good on them. Um, they went three and out on their first four drives. They trailed 14-0 after getting their initial first down on, you know, the 63-yard run by a chain midway through the second quarter. But they, you know, they bounced back and were able to play in 
a neutral and sort of neutral uh, environment, which was still interesting to me that they had the game there. Arkansas Razorbacks just, they missed a chance to have consecutive four and starts for the first time since 1988, 89 season, mm. which still, you know, still that's rough, but they haven't won their first two sec games since 2006. And they got to four and O overall last year with a win over the Aggies uh, who had won nine in a row in the series before that. So sucks to, to not have those accolades for Arkansas, especially after a lot of hype that's come to them this season. I think A&M must've started to take the Appalachian state win as, as a kick in the butt, but I'm still not totally impressed by AM. And that's not just me hating Jimbo Fisher. Hmm. I just don't think I've seen them be tested enough, but we'll certainly see it as they, they get into the thick of the schedule. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I do hate it for Arkansas. You know, you saw guys like crying on the sidelines. Uh, Sam Pittman just looked, um, totally sad at the uh, uh, press conference afterwards. And I mean, obviously he understands that he's got to get his team ready for next week, but you know, in the moment it's, you know, it's disheartening for sure. Um, So uh, we'll see how they bounce back. They got some tough ones coming up. So, uh, so that'll be interesting to see how they, how they do. So uh, let's get into the rest of these uh, kind of uh, non-competitive games, also known as blowouts, uh, Bowling Green, uh, losing to Mississippi State, Mississippi State winning 45 to 14. I got the point in that one. Uh, Vandy at Alabama, Bama just running away with this one, uh, 55 to three. Jesse getting the point here. Um, let me run through the last two and then we'll come back to Bama, Jesse. Uh, New Mexico at L- LSU, LSU winning 38 to zero. I got the point. Um, looking at these stats, it looks like New Mexico didn't even show up, and that's for real. Like, if you look at the stat line there, there's like... total yards to LSU 633. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the first downs compared to 28. LSU was even had a turnover, right? Yeah. yeah it's- and then, um Let's see. Uh, Charlotte at South Carolina, South Carolina, 56 to 20. Uh, I got the point in this one. So let's talk about Bama Vandy. It was so good. Um, it was exactly what it needed to be. And it was even funnier that they had Jordan Rogers calling the game. Uh, <laughs> although I will say Jordan Rogers, don't talk about walking to the sidelines with a full blown concussion, seeing stars being dizzy and just looking at the sideline pastor and being like pray for me i can't see but i gotta go back out Uh, gentlemen we're not playing through concussions yeah very real thing let's not encourage that please don't talk about that jordan rogers also (laughs) if the game was so boring to the fact that he started talking about only fans like it's just it got weird it got weird um i looked up because i wanted to see what vandy was saying about the game Mm -hmm. on their website like their athletic website they wrote six sentences about this game i counted it was six Uh, and one of them was like the Commodores went into Tuscaloosa and lost to Alabama. Like it was, <laughs> uh, they had, Alabama had four sacks, two and a half for Will Anderson. We outgained the Commodore 628 yards to 129 Bryce young threw for 385 yards and four touchdowns. We got to see everybody and their mom and their cousin and their next door neighbor <laughs> play. 
at one point my mom looked at me and said, who is that? And I was like, no idea. I have no <laughs> idea who that person is. Never seen them before. I know, I know some of the depth chart, but like at that point, only their mamas knew who they were because <laughs> I don't know. We got in first string quarterback, second string quarterback, third string quarterback. <laughs> oh, I think everybody had a touchdown. It was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, so uh, obviously, uh, you know, as a fan, those kind of the those kind of games are the best. Uh, you don't want to, you know, have to uh, check your blood pressure every now and then while you're watching the game. It's not it's no fun to do that. So it's nice to have one of those every now and then. So, um, all right. So that is the uh, that does it for last week's games or yesterday's games and uh, current pickup standings. Uh, I've got twenty one. Matt's got fifteen, and Jesse has nine. I'm coming back. Um, so. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go uh, this week as we get into the thick of the SEC schedule. Um, all right, so uh, let's get into a little bit of news. Here's the news. All right, so a new AP poll came out uh, this afternoon. Um, we'll just go through the top 10, and then the rest of it we'll do SEC. Uh, number one, Georgia. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Ohio State. Number four, Michigan. Number five, Clemson. Number six, USC. Number seven, Kentucky, number eight, Tennessee, number nine, Oklahoma State, and number 10, NC State, and then number 14, Ole Miss, number 17, Texas A&M, and number 20, Arkansas. Do you have any thoughts on that? Of course I do. What you got? Uh, Michigan at number four, they struggled against a nobody yesterday. No. They did. They did. No. Clemson at five? They struggled against Wake Forest. Bad. There was yeah. no defense in that game. They, they're not even a top 10 team. Drop them. Goodbye. Um, USC. Okay. Who? What? What do they do? Who, who do they know? It's, um, yeah. Kentucky? What's up? No. Okay. Maybe with with some of the teams that are around them, I don't necessarily have a problem. I mean, I guess I I wouldn't move Tennessee to eight. I wouldn't. There was no yeah. defense in that game, and they that differential between them and a Florida team that is not in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't put. I leave you at eleven. I don't think you're in the top ten. Yeah, I don't get mad at me. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Ole Miss at fourteen. Okay. I why AM at 17 bold move, but okay. And then Arkansas only dropped to 20. Okay, that's fair. But mm, yeah, I question a lot. I have a lot of questions. It's it's so tough with some of those up there. Um, like the the Clemson and the USC thing, it's so difficult. Um, because there's really it's so hard to compare teams right now. Yeah. Um, especially just seeing who they've played and then they'll counter with, well, you know, um, Georgia struggled against Kent state or, you know, whoever, um, you know, you, you could point out tons of examples why different teams in different conferences should be what they are. And really right now we, we don't have much of a measuring bar, um, as far as that goes, uh, we will, as the season goes along though. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess that's what the AP poll is. It's just a guess. <laughs> It's and just something to talk about, but it's it not is. real. It's not real. <laughs> You're not a real coach. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, keeping in the mini sewed format, uh, that'll do it for us for this episode. 
Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, if you guys would like to contact us, uh, please email us at pigskinsandpeasantry at gmail.com. We are at Pigskins and Pageantry on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, at, uh, we are at PPSEC Podcast on Twitter. And don't forget, we are available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. We're on Amazon Music, and we are on iHeartRadio as of uh, a few days ago. So uh, we're just trying to get all over the place, so making it easy, as easy as possible for you to catch the show. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. Give us a five-star review. We would love that. Um, and uh, hit follow on whatever podcast catcher you've got. We would love that and greatly appreciate it. So, um, yeah, until next time, uh, this is Wes. Go dogs. Y'all just remember to play every play and fight, man. That's right. Roll tide, y'all. <laughs>